Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Please support Unfound in 2024 at Patreon, YouTube, or PayPal. Irma McCurchion was a 45-year-old from Las Vegas, Nevada. She had two children and worked in insurance. On January 19th, 2014, out of the blue, Irma texted her boss telling him she had to make an immediate trip to California for a funeral. Irma's car was later found not far from where she lived. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. We're doing something different on this episode of Unfound today. Why? Well, because I'm the boss and I can do such things. But what do I mean? Well, you've come to know this podcast as having the best in-depth, most structured interviews in all of podcasting. I do this through my studying before the interviews are conducted, by using meticulous outlines that myself and the guests follow as best we can, and by editing out very little when those interviews eventually air. This is the process by which the disappearances of Tom Brown, Peggy and Patty McDaniel, Cameron Remmer, and the murder of Janelle Matthews, and many others, went from being regional stories to becoming nationwide and even international ones. The format has been proven to work and I still marvel why others never copy it. Well, today, with the disappearance of Irma McCurchion, there will be no outline. It's not even an interview. It's just two guys talking. It's a conversation. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Linez's website, charlieproject.org. Irma McCurchion yep, that's how you pronounce her last name, came to the U.S. from Soviet Armenia. She married another Armenian, Ara Marutyan, and they had two children who are now in their early 30s. Irma and Ara decided to get divorced in 2007. Yet, strangely, the two continued to live together right up until Irma's disappearance, with seemingly neither having another romantic relationship. There were allegations of abuse, but nothing that any police paperwork can prove. 
Likewise, there was talk that Irma might have had a new man in her life, but there is no proof of this, and seemingly Irma and Ara's plan was to continue living together for at least the near future. So on January 19th, 2014, on a Sunday, yes, a Sunday, Irma was to meet with an insurance client at an apartment complex near her home. However, there is no proof this meeting occurred or that the person existed. That same day, though, Irma's supervisor received a text from Irma's phone saying that there had been a death in the family and that Irma had to go to California for the funeral. There was no reason for the supervisor to doubt this. Thus, Irma was permitted to go. She was never seen again. A couple days later, Irma's car was found in the very apartment complex where she was to have allegedly met that client. Additional texts later revealed that Irma had told her ex-husband, Ara, and others that she had gone to California on business, yet her employer knew nothing about this. Due to the unique nature of the interview, a conversation contained in this episode, you, the audience, may have to do a bit of your own reading to get all the facts of Irma's case. While doing so, though, Contemplate these three questions that I hope will come to your mind as you listen to myself and the guest. Number one, what would you do right now in 2024 if you were in the guest's position? Number two, as a prosecutor, would you have enough guts at this point in 2024 to charge someone with Irma's murder? And number three, if you were a retired investigator, how would you live knowing that there were still so many of your own cases that you never solved? Irma's biological family certainly believes foul play caused her disappearance. The guest for this episode is Irma's brother, David Merkirchian. Unfound news. Yesterday... Dr. Telesco and I conducted another fantastic show, this time on the 9-11 disappearance of Snea Phillip. Please find it on the Fischler College of Education and School of Criminal Justice YouTube channel. What do you think happened to Snea? Next, I'd say this coming Friday or the one after, Unfound will air its first bilingual episode. Yes, available in both Spanish and English, at least the interview. I need to thank former assistant Natasha and her friend Consuela for putting the translation together. Finally, we're quickly coming up on the end of the month. So for Patreon and YouTube supporters, please look for a new episode of Found. And for everyone, please keep your eyes peeled for another Unfound Now. A few notes before the conversation starts. Because this was just a conversation and not a structured interview, I had to edit out more than I usually would for investigation, privacy, and defamatory reasons. However, in no way did I edit this interview in a way to make it look like David said anything that he did not. Also, although hearing the next 80 minutes is going to be unique for you, 
what you'll actually be hearing is very common for me. All of these topics and many more are common in the behind-the-scenes talks I have with families. But after over seven years of listening to Unfound, I thought it was time for you, the public, to hear what one sounds like, and I thank David for allowing me to play about 75% of our conversation for you. And one more thing, this is probably as animated as you've ever heard me on an episode. Do not mistake the volume of my voice for anything but passion. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, let me ask you a couple of questions. Sure. What is your interest in this story? My interest in the story, I'm interested in all disappearances because uh, this is this is all I do. I, I cover disappearances. I report on disappearances. Uh, I've been doing that for seven and a half years. And uh, to the point that I've actually gone to schools. I've um, actually gone to schools and talked to criminal justice majors about disappearances uh, in 21 and 22 to 2021 and 2022. I actually uh, was a uh, a, a, um, a witness for the prosecution in a murder case in Colorado due to the work that I do. Uh, I take all the disappearances that I cover very seriously. It's just my work. That's what I do. Okay. After uh, my interview, would you uh, planning to do the interview with the Las Vegas Metro uh, Police Department also? I was not planning to do that. Uh, I usually don't speak to police, and I'll be honest with you, usually because police officers don't tell me anything because I'm part of the media. Uh, my experience of covering about 320 disappearances now is that, um, you know, the families or friends of the missing person uh, can tell me a whole heck of a lot more than the police would ever. You know, I, I'll try to, I mean, if you want me to contact them tomorrow or Monday, Tuesday, whenever, if you want me to try to do that, I will. But here's what I can guarantee you. Whatever we're going to talk about, you're going to tell me way more than they're ever going to tell me because police don't like talk to the media. But I have, well, the, but it's well, rare. The point, point is my contact with you to raise a voice. Yeah. And uh, to for the police department so they can start new investigation yeah. with the fresh eye. That's only the point uh, of, of this interview. I, I I'm wishing you. to, I'm wishing to, if I can get that, you know. Absolutely. And, 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 my, and uh, yeah, my show is popular enough that I'm sure that they will surely hear that Unfound covered your sister's disappearance. Um, if you want me to send them a link to make sure that they get it, I will gladly do that for you. The issue is that I am a member of the media. I am a reporter. Um, and like I said, they usually don't like talking to, you know, they're just going to say, well, it's a, it's, it's an open investigation and we can't talk about it to the media. They may not tell you that because you're her brother. 
But because yeah. I'm a member of the media, they'll just say it's a continuing investigation. We're following all leads. And that's all we can say at this time. You don't know how many times I've heard that over the last seven years. But surely they'll know that this came out. Surely. I don't believe this is uh, uh, open investigation. This is this is frozen uh, I, case. I, I, this is frozen I, case, and nobody touching this case, and nobody, nobody in uh, Metropolis, nobody care about this. They throw this case to the dusty shelf, and they forgot about that. I. I I don't know. Uh, I will tell you that when they tell me, when I've been told that by police, I don't believe it either. But that's just what they're going to say because really they don't have to talk to me. I can ask, but they don't have to talk to me. So they're going to give, um, and what, this is very what, common. I have, what, Ed, what if I give you authorization, represent the Irma's family, to ask whatever I need to the police department? The, my, my experience is they're not going to talk to me because I'm a member of the media. I have, I'm always going to be truthful with whoever I'm talking to. I don't fake who I am to get information. Mm. So when it comes to talking to them, I'm going to have to tell them that I'm, re I'm a reporter and that whatever they say is going to be on the record and everything. And they're just going to say, what's well, a continuing investigation. We're following all leads. And that's all they have to say. And that's what any pretty much any police department, not just Las Vegas Metro, is going to tell a reporter. Like I said, they may tell a family member a lot more than they would tell me because that's family members not in the media like a reporter. But for me, this is uh, something I've learned the hard way. I, I often have hard times getting police even to call me back. In fact, yeah. I, I have a call into a police department where is that in texas right now i called that investigator on two uh monday he's still not returned my call and of course today is saturday they it's don't they don't returning my call either i have to call them like 10 times 20 times then somebody from a police department which it which is totally new there is a new uh new stuff over there i don't know anybody over there because it passed already 10 years yep the the the, the detective who took the case they both they already retired and the lieutenant is retired sergeant is retired captain is retired mm -hmm. and i believe i believe who is the da in las vegas now i don't know off the top of my head, I, I, I don't, I, you have to keep in mind, even though I know you know I have a 702 number, I used to live there. I have no idea who it is. No, I, I live in Florida now, so I don't know. Oh. I don't know. And you should know something. I, I want to make this clear. What you are experiencing is not any different than about 95% of the people that I, family members I've talked to over the last seven years. This is how police handle these things. Uh, the look, reason, uh, look, you know, no, look, look, uh, Ed, yeah, before you, I spoke with the other media from Las Vegas and they was contacting to the, to, to Metropolis. They, they spoke with them. They answered some questions, you know, 
So they didn't complain about that. They have to answer in your question. They must. They no, must they answer. No, they don't. Yeah? No, they don't. No, they don't. Have now you, you, you now you should realize you should realize something that if you've talked to Las Vegas reporters on those TV uh -huh. stations, they probably have some long ongoing relationship with them because of all sorts of different things. They run into them at the courthouse. They're down at the police station, whatever else they may have that. But here's what I also know. I mean, really how much it, it obviously hasn't worked because you're telling me that, that they don't, that of course, Irma is still missing. So, um, you know, that's the thing. I'm not arguing with you. If you want me to try to contact them, I will. I'm just trying to tell you my experience with it. Okay. And are it, you, are you, are you contacted with Irma's, uh, kids or Irma's husband? No, no, no. the only person I've ever spoken to about Irma's disappearance is you. Cause you're the only one I trust. Okay. I don't, I don't talk to people I don't trust. And from our first conversation, then, then, from then, like, then why you, then why you trust me? Because you're her brother and I don't think you had anything to do with her disappearance. Do you know people who who is interested to take this case and investigate that by like a voluntary? Voluntarily? The, yes. Uh, because uh, this case to to hire the uh, to hire private investigator, this is very very high uh, amount, and yeah. I tried a couple times, and they charged me tons of money and zero zero result. Here's, I, I will once again tell you what I've told every other guest that I've ever spoken to. And it's like 350 people, just like yourself. I have never told any of them to ever pay a private investigator ever. I would never do that. I would tell them never to do that because there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. These disappearances are difficult. They're way more, they're way more difficult than murders because you don't have a body, you don't have a place, a murder location, you don't have a weapon, nothing. No DNA, nothing. Okay. And private investigators. No, we have DNA. Of course we have DNA. Well, you don't the have police? any DNA proving that she's dead. Oh, no, right? because right? we don't have a body, right. yeah. Yeah. So um, private investigators, when it comes to disappearances, if you spent money, I I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm very sorry to hear that. But I never recommend any of them. Now, if you can get somebody to volunteer to do this, but the problem is, is that, well, well what are they going to live on? Are they independently wealthy? I mean, it's hard to understand. I will tell you that what ends up happening for most of the disappearances that I cover, it's the families who have to work on it themselves. They're the ones that have to go and start talking to people because, as you know, police won't do it. Not just in Las Vegas. Just about anywhere. I don't care if it's a big city like Las Vegas or a county sheriff's office or a little town or whatever else. What ends up happening, once again, like I said, most of the time it is parents of missing adult children. These parents who are like in their 50s and 60s, they're the ones who end up organizing searches. They're the ones that end up talking to uh, witnesses. They have to do this all on their own because the police just have other things to do. That's the way it is everywhere, everywhere in the United States. 
once again, since this is our country and this is the, you know, I know the most about, although I've covered just disappearances in Canada too. Uh, same thing in Canada. The art, the Royal Canal, Canadian Mounted Police, they're the same way. If a disappearance doesn't get solved within a couple months, they just shrug their shoulders and go, well, I don't know what we can do about it. Now, the thing is, the different from uh, from the uh, regular cases, Irma's case first is was like a missing person, missing mm -hmm. person case. Yep. But after after 20, 25 days, they transferred the missing case to the homicide department. And they will agree, yeah, this is the homicide case. This is not a, not a missing case. And the thing is, the detectives, they told me, 100%, they told me, the point of interest is her ex-husband. Yep. And right. they told me, they, even DA told me, they are ready to arrest him. And they, they need like a couple days, like maybe three, four days more. So put, put all papers together for the arrest. And, uh, and somehow it, it, it didn't happen. You know, you know why they tell you that I'll, I'll, I, once again, I once again, because this is what I do. I know the reason for this. You know why? Because most of the disappearances that they run into when in their work over the courses of their career to that point, most of these disappearances have been solved in three or four or five days. That's why they say that your mm -hmm. sister's disappearance that has lasted all this time, many, many years is an no, exception. No, I'm talking about like the first days. Yep. When, when when it happened, I, I flew from from uh, New York to Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and I meet with the people over there. Meet with the missing detectives. Explain them this is not a missing case, guys. Don't wait. Just transfer this case to the homicide. Make make it serious, guys. This is not a missing case. I know my sister. She wouldn't run away. She wouldn't go somewhere. She's very serious uh, woman, educated, you know, and a very dedicated mother. And uh, finally, in uh, 28 days, they called me and they told me, yes, David, you are right. You were right. We are transferring the case to homicide. And homicide investigated that this case about like a two, three months. And they told me, we are already there, so we're going to arrest him. Don't worry, hundred percent that mm -hmm. is he. Uh, Ed, by your experience, why police tell the, to the parents, to the family, yeah. who is the point of interest before arresting? Can you can you explain that? Why they tell told me? Sure, I can tell you because they don't want to seem like idiots. They want, they want you to know that they know probably who did this, but you know, knowing this in a, you know, public forum, just two people talking is way different than trying to prove that in court, but that's what they don't tell you because that's just going to piss you off. Okay. It's mean, it's mean, uh, it's mean, uh, Ed, I'm sorry. One regular guy is smarter than whole police homicide department. Yes, I can tell you that most of my guests are, are smarter than the police. Yes. Yeah. 
You know why? Yeah. I know that sounds incredible. I know that sounds crazy. I'll tell you why. Because families care. They take it personally. This has affected you emotionally. This has affected you. This, is, this has ruined your life. This is the worst thing probably. I don't know you very well. It's probably one of the worst things that's ever happened to you. To the police, it's just a job. They get to work. They do what they can. At the end of the day, they look at the watch and they go home. And they don't think about Irma again until they have to again. They're human. They're human just like the rest of us. That's that's the way it is. But I can tell you that a lot of the families have made more progress in trying to figure out what happened to disappearances than the police. Why? Because the police, there's other crimes that are happening. You know, since your, your sister went missing, what did they have? For example, they had that huge shootout where like 60 people got killed at that concert in Las Vegas. What do you think when that happened? What do you think that happened to every other crime that ever happened in Las Vegas to that point? It was put way, way, way on the back burner. This continues to happen. How many murders have happened in Las Vegas since your sister went missing? They, those people, you know, and guess what? They're getting the same story that you're getting. You're there. You just know it because it's happening to you. You don't realize mm -hmm. for all these other disappearances that have happened to, during, since Irma's all of those families have gotten the same story. That's the way it's, that's, that's the no, way it goes. I'm not saying I'm I not, like it. Uh, that's, uh, that's, I'm, I'm sure it, I'm sorry. If Irma were like a, like a, like a important person as a politician or some rich woman yep. or some, uh, actress or some, some important person, they would, they would, solve this this case right away yeah, well. because whatever they told me i was i was not 99 i was 100 percent sure the case is solved already it's just about the time because they told me like you know they told me you know we covered this case like a thousand times a thousand hours we wiretapping, we do this, we do the, we, we, we put everything together, every evidence together, and we're ready to arrest him. Mm -hmm. And, and somehow they don't. I, I know. They don't. That's, uh, once again, you don't know this because, you know, you know about your sister's disappearance. All right. But you don't know what all of these other families have experienced over the past you know, you know, how many, I mean, there's a hundred thousand unsolved disappearances in the United States. There's many people like yourself. Uh, that's the story they all get. That's the story they all get. That's, this is the way it goes. I'm not saying the police do this because they're evil. I'm not saying that the police do this because they're trying to blow you off or anything, but you also have to understand that 99.99% of disappearances that the police experience do get solved within a week. Irma's is an exception. All the ones that I cover on my program are exception. In fact, I'm going to blow your mind with this statistic because I keep stats on the disappearances that I cover. The average age of a disappearance I cover on Unfound is 23 years old. Twice as old as Irma's disappearance. Yeah, Irma was 45. Well, no, I mean, no, not the age of the person who went missing. How how long it's been since the disappearance happened? Twenty three years. I cover disappearances that have happened in the nineties, the eighties, 
the 70s and way back. Some of them have gotten solved with my mm -hmm. help. That's true. But so when it comes to Irma's disappearance, certainly bad. I, I It's horrible. I don't know what it feels like to be in your shoes. But this is the way it's gone for people who've been living with this for like twice as long as you have. Three times, four times as long. It's horrible. It's horrible. This is why I've devoted my life to it. I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to. Little by little. This is why I go speak to school and people who are going to be police officers and everything. I'm trying to change this one way or the other. Um, but disappearances just aren't taken seriously for a lot of different reasons. Uh, of course, every disappearance is different. It's obvious what happened to Irma. But many of the disappearances that I've covered, it's not obvious at all. There may be five. You might have five different choices as to what happened to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be murder, suicide, overdose, you know, walk off and change their identity. You know, these things can be tough. What also is hard uh, regarding Irma's disappearance is no prosecutor, not no prosecutor, but most prosecutors aren't going to do with anything without a body. Okay. Now, some people, some disappearance that I've covered, people have been prosecuted and have gone to jail. I could give you some of those names. Unique Harris in Washington, D.C., for example. She got murdered by some guy she was seeing on the side. He is now in jail. His name is Isaac Moy, M-O-Y-E. He went to jail for murder. She is still missing. Now, the reason the prosecution there decided to charge him and put him in jail is because there was evidence at the scene of her place that something violent had happened. So they could include that in their, in their, of course, their case. So she's still missing here in 2024. Isaac Moy is in jail, but because even though it's still a disappearance, there's proof that he, you know, there was violence or something that happened in her apartment. Whereas with Irma, it, the, as far as my understanding is that there's no there's no signs of violence at all that doesn't mean he didn't kill her but there's no signs of violence there wasn't like a big pool of blood in her in her uh car for example you know what also doesn't help is that those text messages saying she went to california you know that gives every that that's you know a defense attorney would be able to would be allowed to use that saying you're claiming that my client uh murdered his wife but here are these texts saying that, you know, she went to California. Now, I know you don't believe it. I don't believe that. But it doesn't matter what we think. It only matters what the jury thinks. And a prosecutor is not going to take a chances with that. Most prosecutors are not going to go to trial without a body unless there are exceptional circumstances where it's obvious that something violent had happened. So this is probably what, when they were talking to you, and saying to you, well, we're going to solve this in a week. Oh, three or four days, no big deal. They were thinking that a crime scene was just going to pop up somewhere. Why? Because that's their experience for all of these other cases. But it hasn't happened with Irma's. And so that's when they start, you know, f flipping their fingers and not returning your calls. Because they know, they, they remember what they said. And they know that they were wrong. So who wants to own up to that? Okay. That's what... Ed, by your experience. How can I push police to start this investigation again? I know this is money for city. Yeah. I know this is this is uh, they they spent. I spoke with the with the with uh, last detective. 
who was very, very honest to me. I know, uh, I believe him. His half was uh, Armenian guy. His mother was Armenian. And he really told me he's a very serious involved in this case as a personal, as a whatever. I believe him. Okay, great. Yeah, but he, he retired already. Uh, not not now, like five years ago, he, he five or four years ago, he, he, he retired. Mm -hmm. uh, what, how can I do this to start this uh, investigation, new investigation? Okay. Because there, there was a, there was a domestic viola, uh, violation on a couple years before Irma's disappearance. Um, the police had uh, proof from the neighbors who saw how was badly beaten Irma by her ex-husband. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, besides that, there is no, no, no evidence. Right. There, there is I, no I, evidence. I, well, let me ask you this. What, this guy who you really felt close to and you said he retired, what's he doing now? Uh, I you don't know? know because no, I don't. I I only know his name. That's it. But mm -hmm. I told him if you somehow uh, decide to to go to the private investigator, so let me know. So maybe I can hire you, and you can take the case because you already know the case. You spent thousand hours to investigate this case and this is best option for me to hire you because you know already and you were very close for this case i don't know what he does now i don't know what he does i know only his name okay that's it all right um my suggestion and i you know and if you if you tell me his name i could find him for you probably I could find yes. some contact, yes. you know, give contact me, information. My yeah. what, please go ahead. Say, I'm sorry, please. Give me one second. Uh, here's what I now. Here's my here's my other experience with police. Of course, like I said, police don't like to talk to me. Yes. On the other hand, there have been a few times where retired police officers have spoken to me. Uh, one in particular that comes to mind is a disappearance that I covered here in Florida down in Key West area, where a guy mm. who had worked on it one time had been very, very nice to me. We talked for about an hour. His experience, although he was not the original investigator, he was like number two or number three. Mm. Uh, and then he had it for like three or four years and then he moved on and he's retired now. But he was more than happy to talk to me for about an hour about what he remembered about the work that he did. So if it I, I don't need his picture. I, I'll just look him up. Uh, you know, I have these databases. I can look people up. All right. All I need okay. to know, it's a fairly unusual name. At least his name's not John Smith. But being that he has this name and I know what age he is, I'll probably be able to narrow it down. And I'll probably be able to get his private contact info for with you, like like email or something like that. If he's retired, yeah, it, it, it it will be great. It will be great, uh, first of all, to to speak with him because he was very nice to me. He was very polite to me. Uh, I don't know how, but I I was I was trusting him. Okay. And and 
but unfortunately, this is uh, this is right. like. I think that I would probably be able to track him down and get a good address, good email address, if not a phone number for him. And I will get that for you. I have the ability okay. to do that. I can get that for right. you. I don't know how it's going to go. I can't guarantee that. If you want me to try to contact him and talk to him, being that he's retired, he may talk to me as well, but maybe you want to talk to him first. That's up to you. Let's see if I can track him down. Yeah. Now, as far I can as spoke other... with I can spoke with him and give him authorization to speak with you. How about okay. that? All right, great. All right, fantastic. Other things that you can do is that has worked for me. Now, this did work. Uh, you know, it's worked a few times. And you should know something. I've experienced with Las Vegas Metro, given these other dis – I mean, uh, Chris Turner went missing in Las Vegas. His remains were found. He went missing in 2016. Amanda Fravel went missing in Las Vegas 1986. And I can pull these right off the top of my head. This is how seriously I take all of this. Uh, Amanda Fravel, she went missing in 1986 in Las Vegas, unfortunately still not been found. Stephen Kocher went missing in 2009 in Las Vegas, still not been found. Uh, you know, uh, Jesse Foster went missing in 2000, I think six, still hasn't been found. All of their families have the same experience that you do with Metro. Being that once again, I hear a lot of these stories where we're going to do something, they try something, it doesn't work. They never, you know, then it, suddenly everybody's hard to reach. This is common, but once again, this isn't a Las Vegas thing. It's just a police thing, all right? So what I would suggest to you, something that, that sometimes works, is you need to start reaching out to, you know, you just, and you just can't do it once. You have to do it over. And so the you can go to Las Vegas government website and you can find all their emails and you just start emailing, 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 telling them what you've told me and what you've told everybody else. I think that Las Vegas Metro is not taking my sister's disappearance seriously enough. That's how I would handle it. And that's factual. That's your. That's what you believe. You never lie to them. You don't want to lie to you them. Say, you say Clark County Commissioner, and who, who's the second one? Uh, well, there's the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas um, Commission as well. Like I said, Clark County is all of Southern Nevada, and then Las Vegas, the city, is within the county of Clark County. So there's two different, most people don't realize this, it's two types of different jurisdictions there. Metro, Las Vegas Metro, covers everything. But Metro is, is responsible, answers to both the county commission and the city of Las Vegas, even though it's two jurisdictions, it's one police department. Okay, you have to remember that. And um, that's what I would do. You know, in the Clark County Commission, how many commissioners do they have? Five, seven, something like that. And you just start emailing them. And if you email them every day and you're telling them what you're telling me, which I know is all the truth, that sometimes works. I can't guarantee anything. But if the police are not going to do anything and they don't respond to you and they don't answer your calls, then they, you know, it's not like they're dictators. You know, they answer to the public, they answer to their superiors, and their superiors ultimately answer to the commissioners in Southern Nevada who represent the people of Southern Nevada. That's oh, the you, one. Know, you, you, uh, during, you know, you have to start putting political pressure on these people. During Irma's um, disappearance, when the case was in disappearance department, 
Mm-hmm. I did that. I I call. I send a letter. Even I I send a letter to the president uh, office. You know about this. I send like a twenty of uh, big guys all around the country. You know, and yeah. After that, yeah, well, it worked. It worked. Yeah, sending worked anything they, to the president of the United States isn't going to do anything. That's not going to do anything. You have to concentrate on those people who yeah. live there, work there. And all you have yeah. to do is get into the conscience of one of them, not all of them, only one of them. You know, what's going on here, fellas? What's going on here, ladies? Why is this person emailing me, telling me all this stuff? What's going on here? You know, you, you know, where are you on this? Why did you tell them that you said you were going to solve this in like a month? And here we are all these years later. What's the deal? It's, you know, this is how you have to raise, you know, you have to, we, we would call raise a stink on this. And here's what, but you have to continue to do it. You said you did this early on. That's a long time ago now. No, I did that. I did that. And I demand to transfer case to the homicide. Yeah. Which I, which I reached that, which they did. Mm -hmm. Finally, they did that. Yeah. And here's what I think I know you, how many different in homicide, you said you had this one Joel guy, uh, how many other different, detectives have been on the case since they went over to homicide after joe uh, he was retired after irma's disappearance it was like uh, another another uh, detective yeah, he passed this case to the another detective and that detective to send the uh, case to the frozen department that's it frozen case yeah here's what i i know I, once again i don't say these things to piss you off Here's what I'm sure. None of those people who are currently in positions to help you knew, know that you did anything back there, talking to anybody, writing any letters or anything. None of them know any of that. I can guarantee you. I know. I know already. This is, and this is why I'm telling you this has to be something that is constant. This is something that you have to start again, put political pressure. You don't lie. You don't swear. You're nice but firm. You say thank you and please and everything. But you have to be very firm in in what you say as well. This sometimes works, you know. Um, maybe going back to the the example of um, uh, Unique Harris, uh, a young black woman who went missing in Washington D.C. back in like 2011, something like that. That's what her mother did. She just kept working on, you know. She raised the stink, kept raising a stink, raising a stink, raising a stink, and. Uh, about 11 years later, finally, this guy, Isaac Moy, who the police knew about all that time, they finally figured out they were going to do something, and now he's in jail. Now, unfortunately, she's still missing, I, you know, but he went to jail. He's in jail. So that's what, you know, that's what, this is one that comes off the top of my head. A lot of other times, it's, you know, of course, if you're talking about a very small police department, you know, where there's only like three or four people working there in a population of a town of 6,000 people, family usually lives in the area. So they know these people personally, you know, they can just go down to the police department and the police chief's there and they can have a one-on-one eye-to-eye conversation with the person. And, and usually, of course, small town police departments take these things a lot more personally, whereas in a big metro area like Las Vegas, Everything is very impersonal. I live here in the Tampa area. Same thing. It's all very impersonal. You got all these millions of people. Nobody knows each other. Everybody's moved in from somewhere else in the United States. And it's just a job. They'll do a job. 
you know, they're, they're doing the best they can, but, um, you know, they sometimes they need, like everybody does eventually, you know, needs a kick in the butt. You know, that's, gotcha. that's, and you, that's what I would tell you. And the good thing about that is you have multiple people to reach out to who live in, who live there, you know, and who have been elected to oversee, you know, what's going on here. Uh, in contrast to, you know, just writing the, the chief of police or the Clark County uh, Sheriff's office uh, to one person that, you know, and who knows, I mean, you have to remember, you're not the only person who's pissed off at Las Vegas Metro right now. There's a lot of people that you have are upset for all sorts of reasons, for all okay. sorts of reasons. You're not the only one. So you have to kind of, you have to cut through that. You have to be mm. different than everybody else. And that's just being, you know, you got to be, you just have to keep doing it. You know, this is, uh, you know, um, you know, what can we, you know, like trying to get into law school or something like that. You have to keep trying and trying and writing letters and doing resumes and you want to get a particular job. You have to keep going and going and going and going and going until you're, you know, you get what you want. This is the same thing. Whereas I'm sure these people who are there, I have nothing bad to say about them personally as humans, but they probably don't even know what you did way back then. And some of them probably weren't even police officers at that time. You know, you get these young guys, this has been going on for a while. If they're 27 years old now as a police officer, they were 17. They were in high school when your, your sister went missing. They, and they yeah. might have not even gone to high school in Las Vegas. You know, they might not even know Irma's name. I know this is very sad. I know. But this is, this is, this is just the way it is. And it's horrible. It's horrible. But, uh, and like I said, I've not experienced this personally. I don't have any missing people uh, in my family. But having done this and talked to 300 some people like yourself, this is what they all tell me. So I'm just passing along to you, you know, and, and some of them have done really well and some of them struggle and some of them have given up, you know, they've let websites go defunct. They don't update fa Facebook pages and all these things. They get frustrated. You know, other things happen in their lives. Um, you know, they get sick. You know, a lot of these parents, a lot of these kids, they're getting old. They're getting into their 70s and 80s. Um, you know, and it's it's very sad. And, uh, but this is, I'm just passing along to you a lot of what I've learned over the, like, the last seven years. I'm very, what I do is very unique. Very, very unique. Um, but the way I'm trying to change things is I'm trying to reach out to young people. I go speak, I've spoken at a local high school recently about disappearances. I go to colleges and speak to future, future police officers. Here are all the mistakes that are being made. That's how I'm trying to change things. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think uh, my best use of my talents is. And of course, running this podcast, which has been fairly successful as well. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so th this is that would be my recommendation to you. You just have to set it in your mind. Every day, I'm going to send a very nice but but firm email. You get the Clark Com County Commissioners. You can Google them and find their email addresses on there. Because, yeah, and just email them every day. Just send them a group email every day, not saying more than, you know, I just don't want a response. I want you to know what has gone on here. I think that my sister was killed by her ex-husband. Her name is Irma. These are the circumstances. I get the feeling that Metro doesn't even know who my 
sister is now the all these years later despite me doing what i've been able to do i don't live there i live in new york city what do i got to do you know can you help me here you know can you put some pressure i can't even get a call back you know i don't have any family that lives there what do i got to do yeah you know and but what i've also learned what I've also learned sometimes that I'm not saying this is for Irma's, but sometimes these things just take time. You know, they do. Sometimes, you know, I I could name a few, you know, a few names as examples. I covered the disappearance of Andrea Bowman, who who went missing, a young girl, 14 years old in Michigan. You know, her, her parents said that she ran off. But you know what really happened? Her father killed her and buried her in the backyard. And it took... 20 years for police to prove that even though it was obvious to everybody else it took 20 years to prove it you know how they proved it they figured out that he had murdered another woman in 1980 and they had his dna so because of that they proved he killed this other woman they then got warrants to go onto the property where he was living they digged up dug up the yard there she was sometimes this is how things happen um you know and now we know that he actually did kill her. It was, it's no more suspicion. It's actually the truth. So sometimes these things just take time. There are other events that have to happen for a disappearance to be solved. And sometimes that's out of the family's hands and it's horrible. I'm not saying that that's the situation here, but, but that happens too. You know, there's yeah. just, you know, you can't go onto somebody's property and start digging up their yard. That's illegal. And even if you find anything, it's not admissible in court. So, you know, so the, you know, I'm, this is what I have to say to you. I, I, I'll answer any question. You know, I, I know we were supposed to do a structured interview here, but I, you know, I, you know, I'm here to help. So if, if there's anything else you want to ask me, I'm here. So, uh, thank you very much. You thank know, you. uh, I, I, I realize that you think, well, he's in, in, in Florida. And, you know, you used to live in Las Vegas and everything else, but there's a lot of knowledge up here that I will tell you that a lot of guests have taken my advice and it's helped them. Now, have we solved as many disappearances as I would like? No. No, of course not. I'd like all of them solved, but really it's like 9%. But hey, that's pretty if you good. Have a chance, please send me a couple of links of your missing cases, okay? Yeah. Yours. Well, yeah. sure. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll send you the ones that I've covered in Las Vegas, just to see, okay. you know, just to see. So in particular, the Chris Turner one, I'm going to give you an example, just so you know how difficult this can be. And this is from Las Vegas. Chris Turner, I forget how old he was, young man in his 20s. He was in a relationship, kind of a rocky relationship, had a girlfriend, and he, go, and he goes missing. His mother, who lives in Reno, can't reach him. What happened to Chris? She starts uh, contacting his girlfriend, and in very early on, uh, Chris's mother began to think that the girlfriend caused Chris's disappearance. All right, that was her theory. I don't, you know, I, I really can't get into whether I believe that or not, but this she believed that because of the way the girlfriend acted. It what what year it was? Uh, the, he went missing in 2016. So just seven and a half years. 2016 yeah. so just seven and a half years ago 
Oh. And I interviewed her in like August of September, like a year later. So when I talked to her, the disappearance was only like a year old. Mm. And so, but this is going to give you an the idea of somebody who also had a problem with Metro. So she's talking to the girlfriend. The girlfriend's kind of what, you know, the mother's saying, well, I don't believe her. I, you know, I kind of suspect my opinion is that the girlfriend had something to do with it because they were having this rocky relationship. And then the truth is, after Chris went missing, it seemed like this girlfriend moved on to another guy pretty quickly. So Dawn, Chris's mother, goes to Metro. I want to file a missing persons report. They take the report. So mm. Metro starts, you know, kind of sniffing around. You know, of course, she's told them, you know, I think that uh, this girlfriend might have had something to do with Chris's disappearance. So one of their detectives goes and talks to the girlfriend. What does mm -hmm. she say? Oh, that's that's complete crap. I just yeah, I know Chris and I are broke up. I just saw Chris the other day. He's not missing. This is what the no. girlfriend told Metro. Guess what Metro did? They closed the case. They closed it up. They said, oh, this guy, the mother's wrong. The, this uh, guy isn't missing. They closed it. It took how, her. How, how, old, how, how old was guy? Uh, in his 20s. Oh, okay. In his 20s. In his 20s. And she, the girlfriend, was also in her 20s. But on this, just the strength of the girlfriend saying, oh, yeah, I saw Chris. And I think maybe her mother vouched for his, her, her as well on this story. They closed his missing persons case, even though police knew that the mother suspected that the girlfriend had something to thought, believes to this day, that she had something to do with the disappearance. On the strength of that, they closed that missing persons case and said, Chris is still out there somewhere. It took her a couple years to get that case reopened. So... This, this is what I mean. So you're having problems with Metro. Here's another example. They closed the missing persons case on the strength of what we might call a suspect word in a disappearance. This is common, though. Now, you yeah. should know Chris's remains were eventually found. They were found out in the desert, not close to where he lived. Unfortunately, the remains were so deteriorated that they could not tell how he died. He might have been murdered, but there, were no proof, there was no proof on the remains, on the bones that he was shot or anything so unfortunately she may never know even though she's gotten her son's remains back and has gotten to bury him and everything she may never know what actually happened maybe somebody got away with murder maybe he because he was distraught over his relationship went out to the desert and overdosed or something certainly possible that happens but she's probably never going to know what happened to her son it's very sad but this is somebody else who has had problems with metro just like you have I mean, it's crazy. Why would they close a case when they haven't even run into the missing person and actually seen him in person and talked to him? Why would they do that? They did it. No, Irma's case, what they, they told me, it, the, the murder case, homicide case, never closed. But it's frozen, like it's frozen, you know? It's it, it's like the same, you know? If not, mm -hmm. nobody touching the case, it, it's been closed. Yep. And all, I, all the time when I'm calling it, do you have something new? I said, no, you have to have something new. Why are you asking me? Uh, I mean, whatever. Here's what the, you know, here's what they're doing. They're hoping that somebody's going to, by luck, 
run and I want Irma to be alive. I want, you know, of course, I hope that she is alive. But here's what they're waiting for. They're hoping somebody, luckily, by accident, runs across the remains. And, and Irma told her, Dora, if something happened to me, make sure that that's your father. Irma told to, in that time, her Dora was studying in uh, other states, like university, good university. Yeah. And she told her, Dora, if something happened to me, come house and this particular particular space, hidden space. There is a 15,000 cash money wow. that belong to you. You can come take that money and disappear as far as possible. That money, it's, it's enough for you for first time to survive. Okay. And after that, in 15 minutes, police riding to the house and they they confiscated that 15,000 money too because they, they already know where is the money. Before that, they, they confiscated about 60, 67 or 70, some $70,000. Right, cash. you told me that the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of money. And, you know, uh, there is a... It, it doesn't glue together, you know. Ed. If I ask this question to the police, so if he did that, he knew the police will write his house and they will search, yeah? Of course, yeah? Yeah. Why he let that money, and the money was in an open case, uh, no, the, the, the letter was, there it was there was case uh, and there was safe deposit safe okay. in the house in the safe where there was letter writing if something happened to me that ex-husband writing if something happened to me go this go this room and it shows direction go this room okay and this space you're going to that space the police went that space and they found another picture go this room okay they, so it was like they, a treasure hunt type of thing yeah, that Irma had set up hunt. exactly like a treasure okay. hunt okay then go right. this room then go this room they go then go to to the uh, garage and the police sh show me the picture where where his ex-husband showing like this mm -hmm. here is money and the, on the big shelf in the garage like here wow and they ask him why you who 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 wrote this letter he answered i did and they say why you did he said because who knows Anything can happen. It is just in case to kids to survive in in the first first period, so they can have money. Then why was the reason Ed to to like a, like what you said treasure hunts like that? Instead of you can say to to your kids, guys, this is the place, the money you can find. Why are you putting 
that ladder to the in, in into the safe. Don't know. And you know the police will write your house. You know that. You hundred percent. He's not a stupid guy. He's a very no. educated guy and very smart guy. You know. And this is only thing because I know he's he's a very very greedy guy. Every dollar for him it's very important and. He never care, could throw that money to the to the police, you know, yeah. because he knew he couldn't take that money back. Why? Because the family was under government, like how you say that, uh, like uh, the family takes like Medicaid, food stamp, you know, like For, uh, some sort of government, uh, they're on uh, entitlements or uh, public assistance or something yeah, like yeah, that. Something like that. Something like okay. that. If you yeah. have hundred thousand dollar cash and you're asking money for the government of yep. course that money will confiscated forever isn't it yeah that's and, they, yeah and, could and be that money uh, that money doesn't have uh, doesn't have a trace where that money come from you know yeah he he worked as a as a as a, a limousine driver okay. long time before he did some sales like uh, eBay, Amazon sales. Yeah, he did. Some... Yeah, I remember that. You tell, I remember yeah. you telling me that. Yeah. yeah, police, police told me. Yeah, he did that, but it's not that much money. It's not not the big money. Yeah, he did. He made some money, but it's not the big money. And this okay. is only thing who, which is uh, taking away every, every evidence from him. You know because I know him for very well. He's a greedy guy. He would never let $170,000 for mm. the police, you know? If if the case, if if to like uh, make a false statement, he could put $5,000, $10,000, yeah. not the 70,000, not 70,000, right. 70,000 is a big money. It is, I agree. Then, then why he did that? Can you explain in your experience? Tell me something. Why? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we don't talk too much about the money. In it's quite possible that that's his money. That's that's his money. And okay. fifty thousand dollars, which was belongs to Irma, which Irma told the, or Dora, that's your money. Yeah. Come and take if something happened to me. After 15 minutes, police riding to the house and they found right away the, the hidden place, the money, and they confiscate that also. Do you think Ehrman knew about this money? Which money? The money that was this money. Ehrman knew about it. This money that was, was confiscated. She knew about it. The first one, the 75. Or like you said, whatever, however much money you just said, she, did she know about all of it? None of it? Some of it? What do you think? The, the ex-husband told me only Irma knew that place where, where is the money. Mm -hmm. That's 70,000. We're talking about the first first money. Yeah, whatever. Her. Yeah. Yeah. He told me only Irma knew uh, knows, mm -hmm. knows where, where is the money. Irma told you and you told the police. The police came and they confiscate our money. So now we have no money. And he told the kids, you know, your uncle 
let us without any penny because we have no penny now, no money. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, of course, it's your yeah. fault. And the kids, they, for for the kids, I'm, I'm an enemy, you know, now. Yeah, they, they, you've told they start, me. They, they start to hate me, you know, they start mm -hmm. like, you want, you give, you give <laughs> our money to the police. I said, listen, I didn't know about the money. Mm -hmm. Police show me the picture, the actual picture, how they found the money. They told me, they told me, they, they, they went to house. They start searching house. They found the case with, with they they found the safe with open door, with open door. And yeah. The door wasn't closed. It was mm -hmm. open. It was unlocked. Yes, unlocked. Mm -hmm. And in the case, there is a envelope. In envelope, this explanation: if something happened, go this place. You go that place. Go this place. You go that yeah, place. Yeah, treasure go this place. And then finally, he showing, and police show me that picture. He said, "David, look, this is the picture." With his ex-husband, like he selfing self, he took the self yeah, picture, yeah. You know? and he's showing where is that money, like mm -hmm. under the, mm -hmm. under this shelf. And the, I, I think what we're also saying is that if Irma took off and she knew about this money, you think she would have taken this just on her own if she was going to take off? If she knew that cash was there, she would have taken it. We, of course, we don't believe it's, that she took off. It's, but it's impossible she took off, you know. It's I, I know that. I know that. But I think it, the money was there gives more credence to the thing that the idea that she didn't take off. Yeah, the same thing I told his, his, uh, her ex. I said, listen, are you stupid? You said she left you. If she left you with somebody, like, like he said, if he left you, if she left you, she could take the money. Yeah. Oh, you know, the money was in a very heavy, uh, uh, under heavy shelf uh, place. She couldn't take that by herself. I said, okay, she could call her lover. Yeah. If you say she ran with the lover, she could yeah. call the lover. They could do that, that together, took that $70,000 and run away. They could figure yeah. it out, surely. Okay. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. You know, this is only thing that's it's it's keeping me because even police they don't have the explanation. No, they're not gonna they know why? That. Why? You should have guys explanation why he did that. What's the reason? I know the guy, he's a greedy guy. Seventy thousand dollars it's for his it's a life. It, it's not the seven thousand dollars, this is seventy thousand dollars. Ah, yeah, I know. But I want to. I want to go back to something I asked you though. If you were to, it, being that you think that Irma is now deceased and that that her husband did it, where would you go look for her? Do you have any idea? Uh, uh, say it again, please. It, where would, being that you think, and I once again, it makes all the sense in the world that her ex-husband did something to her. Where would you go look for Irma and her body? Where would you go look? Any ideas? No, you know the police. They they check the lake, which is very lake, close to them. Lake Mead. Yep. Yeah, 
they they spent like uh, hours or days to check the river uh, it's, a, it's a, a lake and one time oh, i got the no no not the river they ju just checked the <coughs> the the close uh, lake oh the lake oh the lake there that little lake yeah. there yes so this you know once again this is a problem you know if if you want uh somebody to answer for irma's disappearance then probably not 100 but probably her remains are going to have to be found but here we are can't come up with any you know good idea of where she might be she's obviously somewhere you know he didn't shoot her off into space so she's obviously somewhere in the area she just hasn't been found yet um you know, and then, and then that starts going toward when we, you know, the way I think about these things is, you know, and this is common. This is what disappearances are. 60 some percent of them are murders. So you start thinking, well, this, this person did this. What areas does this person know? You know, these people usually do not pick these places randomly. They have an idea of, um, you know, I can put a person here. And I know this person will not be found. I know this area. I have been here before. It's very common. This is why you find a lot of dead people on people's property. I've, you know, I've had two disappearances like that where people go missing and they were actually buried on the piece of property where they were murdered. That's very common. That's, that's not unique to disappearances that I've covered. That's for all of them. Why? Because people have control of their own property and they know the police can't go on there without a warrant. So they can put that, you know, they, you know, as we hear like a concrete slab or something like that to hide everything. That's how a lot of people get away with this. And people don't find out until the, the murderer or the suspect's dead. You know, years later, sometimes something happens. This doesn't sound like that could be a possibility enormous because the police went over there. They did search the house. They found the money. They did all these things. And being yeah, but that, I believe they did the search with the SAR dogs in property. <laughs> they did that. Mm -hmm. So we have to believe if she is dead, then she has to be somewhere else. I believe so because because whatever I got from the from the detectives, the car was washed up under the car. Why why yeah, you, you washed up your why you washed your car? It's mean it's been dusty. Where is the dust? In the desert, yeah? It could lead you to believe he was out on some dirt road outside of Las Vegas. So, you know, this is, you know, these are some of the things that I can, you know, offer to you. Now, you should know, I would love, I don't know, you know, we've been talking for like, uh, like almost an hour and a half now. Mm. Um, you know, I would love to be able to make some of this public. You know, if you want to publicize Irma's disappearance, I can do that just from what we've talked about here. You know, yes, I can just use this and yes. publicize it if that's okay. You know, I'll put it on my YouTube channel. Doesn't cost you anything. I'm doing all the work. I'm more than happy to do it. But just some of the stuff, not everything, because there's some sensitive things in here. But I would love just to make some of this recording public. So you can, you know, you've you've spent the time here on this Saturday night talking about your sister. You know, it's one more avenue to get out to people. You know, you've already yeah. put in the time. I, yes, I, I, I would not... Yeah, I would like to speak up about the disappointed about the police department. Yeah, yeah, That's for sure. Sure. Whatever they told me, they told me the point of interest. They have, they have no doubt. 
that is his. They have no doubt. I can understand. And they were they were ready to arrest him in a couple of days, and but but somehow they didn't. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Right. Because they don't have a concrete evidence. Then if you don't have a concrete evidence, why you told me you are ready to arrest him? Uh, I will I will give you another reason why they do that. Uh, once again, this is insight. This is talking to people. Like I said, I haven't experienced this myself, but you also have to understand that they do feel, uh, even though they're not helping you as much as you like, they do feel bad for you. And they're, you know, and I know it could be that those words are just trying to give you some hope, even though it didn't end up being true and they might've been lying. You know, sometimes we say things to people to make them feel good that might not be true, only to pick their spirits up in the moment. You know, it's like when you find out somebody has cancer, and what do you say? Oh, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be recovering from it. In the back of your head, you're thinking, man, that's stage four pancreatic cancer. That doesn't sound good. As I was saying, you know, sometimes the police are just saying things to be nice. You know, they feel bad for you. They don't know what's going to happen. And they, you know, and they give you false hope, you know, and the thing is you take everything, you know, families take everything that they say seriously. They're the police. They're supposed to know, mm. but a lot of times they don't know, but they're not going to admit that <laughs> they're not going to do that. And disappearances are, you have to understand um, something, David, in our, their disappearance are not taught at any level of criminal justice. You know, you go to an academy. You go to a college, nothing. They're taught nothing about disappearances, all sorts of stuff about forensics and interrogating people and everything else. But when it comes to disappearances and how to handle them and how to talk about them and how to think about them, there is nothing, no education, no experience, nothing. Even though we have 100,000 missing people in the United States, cases that are unsolved. So when they're when you're hearing that, well, they told me this. They're just, they're, sometimes they're just making stuff up. I know. You know, I know that's not how we're supposed to speak of the police, and I respect the police. But, you know, at their core, they're human. They feel bad for you. They want to do something. But they don't want to be maybe honest with you either and tell you, you know what? This might be unsolved for a while. Yeah, that's what they say. They told me. They say, you know, we have only one chance to in the court yep if that's miss, right if we miss that chance then mm -hmm. then he uh he can walk away yeah like that. you're he right said, they say we we know that's him but we can't prove we need some time we need some time something will happen something like i don't know i don't know well, you, you have to understand, like I said, I've had, I don't know, I'd have to look, but I've, I've had a few disappearances where people have gone to jail and the bodies haven't been found. You know, they it's took, not, you, this is, I know you have an idea, well, you, it, that, well, you can't prove, you know, a felony or a murder, I think, without a body. I've covered disappearances where that has exactly happened. The problem is it has to be a specific set of circumstances that what I would say the most important thing being showing some sort of violence. You know, anything, you know, anything broken, a pool of blood, 
or you know clothes that are ripped or or something like that so it does but it does happen so uh you know it's certainly it certainly is still possible one of these days that even though Irma is not found that somebody is eventually charged with their disappearance it's not impossible but it just makes it less likely you know i you know um so it, it but it does happen in fact it's it's happened probably more than i would have expected before i got on in, in into doing this and working on this and devoting my life to this that you know some some killers do go to jail without bodies ever being found but it's it's not very common but it's not an absolute you know i understand i understand of course you know but i i guess what i'm saying here is you know going back to the question well where would you if you think that Irma's dead and somebody did something to her well where would you go look if you don't you know if you don't know where to look i don't know how the police would would know where to look i know what they did they went out to the lake and they, they did these certain things but you know it's tough you know it's tough i you know this is one of those things where to really get into the core of this you really have to understand who you think did it and how well does this person know everything outside of las vegas you know does that person how well does that person know out into the desert in any direction from las vegas that's what you really have to think about it doesn't matter what Ermin knew about las vegas it matters who you think killed or knew about las vegas and where would that person first go they, yeah. they're telling like this like i even contacted with fbi and they say no if if the metro Police department has to request our uh, help. Yep, assistance. Yep, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I I, I request their, their help. Yeah, FBI is not going to get involved. Yeah. FBI is only going to get involved if there's reason to believe it went across state and, lines, or if it's yeah. some sort of child, you know, child or sex trafficking, something like that. Other than that. Yeah, the, and Joe Kaisner told me, David, you know, uh, every usually every case has a limit, like how much they can spend on the yeah. case. And they said Irma's case spent like almost double. If, if they were going out to lakes and using helicopters and everything else, I understand that. Yeah, yeah and the, the, he said we have like thousand like hours wiretapping days like the 15 days we have a wiretapping the, the, the you have to listen every minute whatever they say you have to uh, translate that you have to like this like that they have forensic search all around the house and they did three times three times forensic search in the yep. house yeah yeah, they did. They did, but but was the <laughs> if there is yeah. no result, yeah. there is no result. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ed, I would like uh, with your uh, with your help to raise the voice about the police department and complain about uh, the police. Department. I will do that. Yeah, this I, is I will do that. that. Please. I I hired private investigator in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, the guy, the guy, something spoke on the on, on the on the media, 
and the police, they contact right away. They found the guy and he disappeared from, from my, he didn't answer all my all the question, all the calls, you know, I paid him a lot of money and he disappeared because the police called them and uh, I don't know, they, 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 they put some restriction on him so he can talk about that because this is ongoing investigation or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm telling you maybe a better way you, you, you talk to the police before you before you I, I will try to give I will try to give him a call, David. Uh but yeah. you know, yeah. you should know private investigators, a lot of them are very shady. Yeah. They're That's they're good. very, yeah. very shady. You know, it is not, you know, I think that, you know, here in the United States, we get the idea of private investigator. We think of all these TV shows, you know, you hire a private investigator gets involved, you know, and they're a little quirky, but somehow like that is not real life. Real life is not these private investigators that you see on these TV shows in real life. Most of them don't know what they're doing. You know, if they're good, if you have like a cheating wife or a cheating husband, you want to fire, hire a private yeah, investigator, fall yeah. on That's spectacular. Easy, yeah. Spectacular, yeah. but for disappearances, yeah, I, don't I do it. Don't, and I, you know, and I wish and that you know we had I talked. Already, you know, I already felt on my on my uh, on me. That's definitely yes. Definitely, yeah. it, it, you know, and I, you know, if we'd have talked back in 2016 or maybe before you, you know, paid this guy, I would have told you, don't do that. All right. If somebody wants in to work that, on it for free or something, I don't know what you can do about that, but don't pay anybody. Don't do that ever. Yeah. Unfortunately, don't do that. I mean, I have all sorts of crazy private investigator stories, you know, of, uh, you know, guests giving them money and disappearing and lying. And I, I tell my guests, you got to stay away from them. Just, yeah. just bad. And that was about 75% of my January 14th, 2024 conversation with David Mercurchion, brother of Irma Mercurchion. I thank him for joining me and all of you on this episode. I made a video for Irma's disappearance. I show where she lived, where her car was found, and the distance and routes between the two. Please check it out on Unfound's YouTube channel. I want to first update you on one of the topics mentioned in the interview. I found the retired Las Vegas Metro detective that David thought did a good job with Irma's case. I found the guy's phone number, email address, and physical location, and passed it along to David. Interestingly, the guy is now doing work that involves investigations, but luckily it doesn't seem he is actually a private investigator. So I'm hopeful he will be willing to help the McCurchion family. As for my talk with David, it illustrates three main points, actually more, but I'll just stick to three for this episode. Really three mistakes that I've heard over and over the guests make over the last seven years that I've been doing this podcast. And really, this is the main reason I wanted you to hear much of the talk I had with David. To be clear, these mistakes are not because these people aren't trying their best. Certainly not. With David, you can hear how exasperated he is. He is doing his best. 
Yet, here are the three mistakes that most unfound guests have made that have put them into positions where they start to question how the world works and their own sanity. In my talks with them, I try to bring some understanding to them along with giving them some new things to try. Maybe you'll be surprised, maybe you won't, but all three of these are somewhat police-centric. Number one, the police will take care of it. Maybe, hopefully, possibly, but yes, as you heard David say, we may even believe police misled David about the direction the investigation was going. But police certainly will most likely not be the main instigators of the resolutions to disappearances if the cases last longer than a few months. In fact, I have a stat on that that I will cover at the end of the section. There will be no questioning of people or analyzing of phone info or anything else the police will do to find anyone. They'll go through the cold case file. They'll see if anything was missed. If nothing jumps out at them, the file goes to the bottom of the pile. And here is that stat to show why families should not really believe police will take care of it. Unfound has now 30 solved disappearances to one point or another. How many of those were solved by the police, by police action, by a police plan, by police going out and doing something? Take a guess. I will give you a couple seconds of silence to think about what you think that number is. Once again, 30 resolved, somewhat resolved, disappearances out of 320 disappearances covered. How many of those do you think were resolved due to a police plan, police action, police being the instigators of the resolutions? How many? The answer is 12, not even 50%. And of those, only about half of them have remains been found. So six. And the other six, people have been charged. They've gone to jail, but the loved ones are still missing. Families, to all of you out there, odds are that police will most likely not take care of it. Second mistake. The just do something attitude. This point was not as obvious in the recording because I had to edit out some talk that could have been deemed defamatory or a bit too revealing. However, the discussion of this kind of mistake with guests usually goes like this. Guest, I want the police to do something. Me, what would you like them to do? Guest, I want the husband questioned again. Me, but that's already been done and the husband doesn't admit to anything. What do you want the police to do about that? Guest, I don't know, but at least the police would be doing something. This is a poor attitude and plan. All work by families, police, and everybody else must be constructive. It must have a logic behind it that justifies time, money, and effort. Nothing should ever be done just because nothing is being done. If families are going to be ticked off at police, to be taken seriously, families will have to come up with new ways of investigating their disappearances that can be passed along to police. Just demanding the police do something will not motivate law enforcement. Why does this attitude happen? My insight is this is more about families lashing out emotionally 
than about anything objectively directed toward police or anyone else. Now for the third and final mistake that will be listed in the summation, and it is the most crushing one. Families believe that police and they are a team. You could certainly hear that sentiment from David. He thinks or thought his family and Las Vegas Metro were in the disappearance together. Families want to believe that when their disappearances happen, they and the police will come together. And that'll be the way it is until the disappearance is solved. Ride or die, I think the kids say today. Uh, not so. Well, yeah, they're kind of a team, but it's more like now what we see in college football with the transfer portal. You have a team for one year, then boom, everybody gets better deals elsewhere. And suddenly they're not playing with each other, they're playing against each other. Sure, this isn't as drastic with police and families, but investigators move on to new crimes and incidents. And suddenly, that teammate isn't returning phone calls anymore. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. How would all of you feel if your doctor treated you that way? Another patient comes in, and suddenly, it's like you're invisible. But this lack of a team attitude by police really becomes obvious when these investigators retire. Remember, the average age of a disappearance unfound has featured is 23 years old. So for probably half of unfound's cases, the original investigators are retired if not deceased. But for those alive ones, they're golfing, going on cruises, lying on the beach in Hawaii, living off their government pensions that they've earned, and very, very few of them ever take the time to reach out to these families who are still in the same positions they were 30 years ago. When the investigators made the promises to solve those disappearances. As an example, with Peggy and Patty McDaniel, the original investigator when I spoke to him in like 2018 didn't even remember them. I mean, really, how many disappearances did this guy investigate where two sisters went missing at the same time? An exception to this would be guest Rich McHale, now retired investigator who worked on Mark Heimbaugh's case. He devotes every single day to finding out what happened to Mark. For all the others, I wonder if these still missing people ever crossed these retired investigators' minds at all. In contrast, myself, John Lorden, Marissa at The Vanished, the people at FindJody.com, and many other true crime people, we will be interested in disappearances and trying to solve them for the rest of our lives. What makes us different from those retired law enforcement officers? I wonder. That's all I have for this episode. Yes, there is a lot more to say on many other topics regarding the problems of disappearance investigations, but I'll leave those for another time, maybe with another new guest. For now, let's have a conversation about what's been covered here. If you'd like to hear and read more of my analysis into the investigation 
of Irma McCurchion's disappearance, please go to patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast, sign up, and partake in the Unfound blog. Until then, I leave the public theorizing up to you. <laughs>